The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, this is very exciting today. What we're going to be talking about is the UCI Center for Citizen Peacebuilding right here on the campus of the University of California, Irvine. And I didn't even know it existed, and I was so thrilled to find it. And today we are sitting here right in the office with Paula Garb right on the campus and Paula is co-director and co-founder of UC Irvine Center for Citizen Peacebuilding. She's a lecturer in anthropology, director of the minor in conflict resolution, and the director of the minor in civic and community engagement at the University of California. She is a facilitator and a researcher of citizen peacebuilding projects. She's done exciting things. I can't tell everything, but boy, she was um, spent 17 years living and working in Moscow, where she got her MA in anthropology. She's, oh, she's done so many exciting things. I want you to go to conflicthealing.com and then you can see her picture, her bio, and also go to her own website where you can find out more about the Irvine Center for Citizen Peacebuilding at www.ccpb.org. I am so glad that you're taking some time out of your busy day and I know you have classes and everything else. Thank you so much, Paula. It's great to actually see you in person and talk with you. Very welcome. Nice to see you too. So tell me, how did you decide to create the Center for Peace Building at the University of California in Irvine? Well, it started uh, 12, 11 years ago in June of 2000. Um, we had a big conference here on campus with people who live in conflict zones in eight different conflict zones around the world, and we had people who come from some nearby conflict zones in Los Angeles and Orange County, people who work with gangs. And we had many community members who participated, and it became very clear to us that uh, there was a huge interest on our campus, faculty and students, and a particularly off-campus community who really wanted uh, to contribute as individuals, as citizens, to making this a safer world and saw the value in um, doing that at a research university where we can learn the best practices and apply them. So it was uh, by community demand uh, on and off campus. And you were the fearless leader, that's for sure. That's exciting. We have David here, too, was, was help founding. 
That's right. Uh, David, who's sitting right with us, David Roston, uh, wrote to me uh, right after 9-11, an email we had met. He's an alum from um, UCI, and we had met just uh, a few months before. And after 9-11, he gave me a bigger push than the original push, and we all got together afterwards. He said, we've got to do something. People like us have to be able to make Stand a up. safer world. Yeah. That's right. David, you want to just say hello with the microphone and tell anything about how, the, how you started it, too? Right, at, right after 9-11, there's, I, I called Paula up, and Paula was in Moscow. And I said, and I said, Paula, how are you reacting after the events of 9-11? And she said, it's a strange thing. I feel safer right now in Moscow than you feel in the U.S. Exactly. So we thought at that, at that time that we really needed to do something um, to you know, bring people together, make people feel safe in their own country, make people feel safe in their own neighborhoods. Yes. It's funny that you say that in 9-11. At 9-11, Lloyd and I were in Bangkok, and we uh, we went by this travel agency, and we saw this big tower on fire, and we thought it was the Sears Tower, and we ran back to our room, and then we saw what was happening. And then we were reading the Asian Wall Street Journal and all the horrible things that people were saying, like, we deserved it. I mean, it, it was just bizarre. Here we are, you know, in a strange country. And um, I, I remember thinking to myself how little we understand each other, really, how much is needed to really know that we're all one. We're all people that love and have children and have families and really are part of that one universe. It's uh, So I am I honor you guys for doing that. And yeah, it was a wake-up call for all of us. So Paula, you had told me that one of the main goals for the Center for, for Citizens is to help citizens to seek realistic ways to improve human conditions locally and globally. So how do you do it? Do you do it through research? What, what exactly are you doing? We like to do things that are doable. And people do ask, you know, well, what can I do in the face of these monumental um, challenges, 9-11 being like so monumental, it was really hard to think what could one person do. But um, starting one person at a time um, is very doable. And I would say that like the environmental movement, which finally took off and became really a big movement, um, became so after people began to see that they could do something for the environment by recycling, that there's one... Little things, um, yeah. And if we all do one little thing, it's going to get better. Yes. And so when it comes to peace building, I say if you have an aunt, uncle, sister, brother, mother, father you're not speaking to. <laughs> Start with the people in your life that you're avoiding and that you feel you've hurt or you feel have hurt you and do something about it. And, and take Paula's class or take Mari's class and learn how to actually do that peace building, that mediation or that, you know, the negotiation, the facilitated negotiation and the, and the interest-based negotiation and all those things. Each one of us can do that in our own way, right? Exactly. The, that interpersonal, it, it starts at the interpersonal level. Um, 
And some of our board members, I remember just re recently when we went to get an award uh, for one of our projects in Washington, um, an organ new, newly found organization, or relatively new, two or three years ago perhaps, called the U.S. Center for Citizen Diplomacy, right? which is a synonym for citizen peace building. Right. There are some nuances of difference. And one of our board members uh, who had gone to accept the award, and I'll talk about the project that got that award later, um, she said to me, you know, Paula, this is the first time I really feel as though I don't have to be, um, feel embarrassed or seem arrogant to people when I would tell them, you know, what I do, work with the Center for Citizen Peacebuilding, she thought people would think, well, that's weird. Isn't that pretty presumptuous of you to <laughs> think you can do anything about it? And she felt really validated by seeing this prestigious organization with the granddaughter of President Eisenhower and mm. other, you know, State Department officials there saying, this is how we're going to make a better world, is if every citizen, their motto, I think, is every citizen, a citizen diplomat. Oh, how wonderful. And that just really spoke to all of us. Yeah, uh, each one of us is an ambassador of peace and love. It's, it's legitimate. It is legitimate. You know, I'm a child of the 60s. You know, I graduated from the Berkeley of the Midwest, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. And so yes. I still have my peace earrings, the great big earrings with the peace sign on it. So I remember marching to the Capitol, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Madison, Wisconsin, with my little candle and say, give peace a chance. So it's coming around. I mean, it really is so neat when we see what's going on in this world and we see what's going on in, in our own communities. Now, tell us about that award, though. I, I want to hear about what, what was that project and what was the award? Well, one of the areas where we decided to work about three or four, four years ago was on our own campus, Citizen Peace Building at Home. We've had for a number of years tensions between Israeli, pro-Israel students and pro-Palestinian yes, students. And right so on the campus. We decided, hey, let's talk to the leaders of these different organizations and talk to some people in between who don't really understand what's going on but are interested, unaffiliated but interested. And let's see if um, it would strike their imagination to actually travel together and go to both the West Bank and Israel and go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, speaking to people from all different perspectives. And that grew into the Olive Tree Initiative, which has been a very successful experiential education and personal transformation project. And so we won an award as one of the top 10 educational programs dedicated to citizen diplomacy in the country. So we went to pick up that award. Congratulations. That's so wonderful. And I just met a couple of people in your class that are part of that Olive Tree Initiative. And, and so tell me what they're doing on campus, too, because I think that's important that I know they went to Israel together and Palestine together. And when you roommate, then you get to know people. So what are they doing right here on a daily basis? Well, one thing they're doing is they're having uh, little conversations private conversations about the actions that each of the organizations take, especially in the spring. Some of the speakers, some of the posters mm -hmm. are offensive to yes. the other side. And they're talking about, okay, this is how you could say the same ideas. You could present the same uh, political view. Just do it without doing this or without doing that. Right, the blame, without the blame and all the hate speech. And the metaphors, the analogies right. that just uh, 
complicate the problem. Right. So I have a feeling this year, in this third year, we, we will see some pretty significant difference. And these are the leaders of the future. Exactly. They really are. And they can, they may have family back home and whether they're uh, wherever they're from and they can go and let them know if they have cousins or anything and, and start their own Facebook about it. Do some social networking about it. we're making friends with the Palestinians and the Israelis and we uh, we're learning to love each other. And uh, we're gathering the community around us, too. Last night we had an event at one of the homes of one of our supporters where the students came and community members came who want to be friends of the Olive Tree Initiative. And we had all sorts of exciting uh, possibilities for the next friend raiser. We're calling oh, I love it. Raisers. Yes. Some of the students afterwards told me, Paula, we should do this every other month because at least because we're having so much fun together. We we have meetings and we get kind of serious. Yeah, but if meetings you, and this when you was, break bread together and you kind of don't talk about business but just talk about persons, it makes a big difference. And I think it also. I, I know that they party without us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's also going on. Um, some of these these uh, side conversations are happening in very friendly environments. I think what made this environment different and really inspirational is they could see how they were impacting the community members who came. So they, they gained a better understanding of how important they are to us. Yes. So I, I think that that Tremendous power is, to change things, yeah. So tell me about your programs abroad. Our most um, long-living program is a program in the Caucasus, the post-Soviet Caucasus where we have been facilitating dialogues across a very bloody conflict uh, that started in 1991 with the breakup of the Soviet Union. And um, on and off there have been skirmishes and little wars. Um, compared to the conflict in Israel and Palestine, this conflict actually is a piece of cake by comparison. And yet, if I've learned nothing else, what I've learned is how long it takes people to be able to cross a bloody divide after blood has been spilt. Mm. So here we are, 1993 was the ceasefire. We're coming on close to 20 years, right? Yes, yes. Since then. And they are no closer to peace mm. and a peace agreement than they were uh, when we started. There's just so much literally bad blood. Yes. Um, but it's it's something that has to be done. Um, constant conversation among, um, mainly we work and facilitate dialogues with opinion shapers on both sides. The people who write in the newspapers, the people who have non-governmental organizations. Sometimes we get politicians, uh, political leaders to come to some of these meetings because we need them as well in the conversation. Um, university professors and students. Uh, that's really been our biggest research project. We also support uh, graduate students who have done some outstanding um, projects in Northern Ireland, um, Palestine, Israel, Bosnia, Herzegovina. Uh, that student who uh, was a, 
a person who we supported throughout his time here, now works in, he has a high position in the State Department mm. in the Conflict Management and Mitigation uh, wow. Department. So we've, we've supported the research of people who have gone on to do some really important work afterwards, but have left behind important research that we get to claim, at least partially as uh, something we contributed to. Well, sure, so you, pretty you, much on every continent, we have hmm. graduate students and faculty who have gotten fellowships from our center to do their research where they couldn't have otherwise done it without this funding. We are speaking with Paula Garb, who is the co-director and co-founder of UC Irvine Center for C uh, Citizen Peacebuilding. And we are sitting here right on the campus. And you can find out more about this at ccpb.org. Or it's, uh, we have two. Oh, you have ways. another one? Okay, or? Citizenpeacebuilding.org. Citizenpeacebuilding.org. That's easier to remember. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, so what was that like living in Russia? All I know how to say in Russian that I learned from my sister who studies is kak pozhvayatya. <laughs> so what was that like living there 11 years and what were you doing? I married a Russian, uh, but I went there on a journey to explore my own roots. My father had come from um, Lithuanian. He, he was a Lithuanian Jew whose family had moved into Russia proper just before the revolution, and in 1919, he lost his family. Mm. Um, he and his older brother and a younger sister were the only survivors of a terrible pogrom. Oh. So he uh, luckily survived, and uh, he was he was actually rescued by the Russian uh, Bolsheviks. Mm. So when he came to this country. Uh, to be taken care of by other relatives who had already come here, he he continued to have this very idealistic picture of the revolution and the socialist experiment underway. Mm. So he can he conveyed that to me, and I was very interested uh, when I grew up to see what it was like and to see where my father had come from. So I ended up just, I'm a romantic, hopeless romantic. I still am. So that's how I got it, got there, and then I got stuck there because I married a Russian and I fell in love with the culture and people and my children. Um, got a fantastic education and uh, one of my sons still lives there. He's hmm. very high up in the Ministry of Agriculture. So that's fascinating. So you learned about a different kind of conflict resolution over there. Yes, we've we've been crossing a lot of boundaries. So that my anthropology in my soul brought me, I think, to there and kept me stuck. We say about anthropologists that, that you get stuck sometimes in the field <laughs> and that you fall in love with the first people you study. So how did you get back here? Um, the longing for home and the understanding of who, where I really, where my heart really was, was where I was born and raised. Um, you have to sometimes leave your own country to find out who you really are. And, and um, that's what happened to me. So I did, the call of home was strong. And so I came back 20 years ago hmm. and ended up here at UC Irvine. And my older son said I'd have nothing to teach if I hadn't done what I had done. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. 
you know, life takes you on these journeys and you just keep evolving. So tell me, what are your goals? You know, this is, you know, it's your fairly young 11 years that you've been here. I mean, it's not, it's not brand new, but it, it's still young and evolving. So what are your goals and objectives for this, this wonderful center? Well, we are now, um, we've launched a new academic program in conflict analysis and resolution, which has grown out of the Olive Tree Initiative. So we're uh, developing a pretty, uh, a really innovative academic program on the campus where we're combining experiential learning um, both outside in the conflict zones but also on our own campus. So students are facilitating dialogues on campus, community forums, which our center is, is running. Peer mediation. Um, some peer mediation. We are also now uh, starting up a new initiative for students who are of Armenian background and Turkish background. Right. And uh, last night we gave birth to a new idea and we're going to start working with the um, Pakistani and Indian students because there's another conflict zone and we are learning that actually the Indian and the Pakistani students get along really well here even though there's quite a, uh, a bloody history between them in, in South Asia. Um, and they may become a model for us of students who, even though they have this terrible history, anyway, we're, we're doing that and we want to develop this program also so that students can have um, a chance to learn more about the war zones right next to us, um, the, the problems in neighborhoods where there is gang involvement. Uh, we have a lot of connections to gang intervention workers who um, are, are ready to help us learn more about how we could help there as well. Oh, that's terrific. So you're starting to collaborate with many different aspects of the community. You can, are you working at all with uh, the sheriff's department and the law school? Are you thinking of crossing boundaries that way, too? Uh, we certainly will do that. Um, we've got a lot on our plate now. That's something we're envisioning, not something we're actually um, implementing at the moment. Right, right. Well, it sounds terrific. You're doing a great job. And we have some students here that you want to say hi to and tell just real quickly, how much time do we have? Five minutes. So why don't you just introduce yourselves and tell us what you're studying. Yeah, why not? You want to come closer? Because I don't think it'll go. Yeah, just come over here. Yeah. As long as you're sitting here listening, you might as well join in. And then uh, they can introduce them. Might think of what you want to say. Yeah. She's gone through a mediation course, and she's got a Russian background. Or okay, she went through more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Alejandro Barraza, and I would like to describe to you the moment where I truly understood what Paula Garp stands for. It was last quarter, and I was conducting research for the project we're working on right now, me and my fellow students. And Which project is that? The Abkhazia-Georgia conflict. Right, and the Russian. Mm -hmm. I was researching about Abkhazia and articles about it, and I, I stumbled into an article written, written by Paula. And it was written in 1999, and I, come, I came up to her, and I'm like, how long have you been working on this project? And she told me since since the early 90s and I was I was truly stunned I'm like for someone to have that level of passion that I see every meeting that we have for such a long time is truly amazing and great role model and I really hope that when 
the path I choose, that I would be able to have that same amount of passion. And, and you want to do something in conflict resolution? That's your major. Personally, I want to I want to go into environmental law. And like her, she works and strives for these forgotten people that need our help. And I want to do the same. And you know what? Environmental law has a lot to do with conflict resolution as well. So good luck to you. Okay, Thank let's you. let's find out. And you. Come on over and grab that. Hurry up. Um, I'm Yulia Polovinchuk, and uh, I met Professor Garb in the seminar in mediation class, where she kind of handpicked me because I'm an anthro major, to, um, uh, and I have the Russian background. I'm from uh, Kiev, born in the former Soviet Union, to help her out with this uh, independent research project for last quarter that's continuing on this quarter. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, What's your goal? Um, to do a graduate program in archaeology, actually, even though I am the conflict resolution minor, but that's what I want to do. Well, all of those, you know, people to people, that's conflict resolution. You know, conflict is inevitable. It's just inevitable, but that doesn't mean that it has to be bad. It can be a, a whole opportunity for great growth. So, and how about you? I'm Christine, and I'm in Paula Garb's um, Civic and Community Engagement minor, and I'm also a double major in German Global Cultures, and um, I'm actually interested in writing my honors thesis, my undergraduate thesis on the Georgian-Abkhazian conflict, um, mentored by Dr. Garb, and after I graduate, I want to go to graduate school, um, either in history or public policy. Okay, so all that, you're going to have an opportunity to practice all these wonderful skills that you're learning with mm -hmm. Professor Garb. So thank you. Thank you. All right, are we done? Yeah, three more minutes. Okay, so I just want to make sure that we tell your website, which is, tell it for us again, the center for, tell us. The website, you can either go... Um, ccpb.org or... So you can either get the website by going to ccpb.org or citizen peacebuilding, one word, citizenpeacebuilding.org. Well, you're terrific. And all of you here, I, I'm just really in awe of all the wonderful the work that you're doing. And we know that each one, peace begins with each one of us. So lots of great energy in this room. And we, we will come back. We're going to be watching you and coming back and asking for some more time. So thank you very much. And I hope whoever is listening will be interested in joining us. Great. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org and the net. I'm Mari Frank, your host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Please visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Also, go and look at the podcasts that we have on iTunes. You can subscribe to those, and you can write us questions about what you're interested to find out about conflict in your own life. And thank you, Lloyd, and thank you, Paula, and David, and you wonderful students. Bye-bye. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.